I'm Dr. Molly Ness, host of the End Book Deserts podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, listeners, welcome to Get Inspired and Innovate. Today, we're going to be talking about coaching and relationships and all that. So today's title is, that wasn't so bad. So Stephanie, we're going in and you're training teachers and you're working with teachers, uh, coaching them up. You know, what's the response you usually get? Well, it's not as bad as it was when I first started coaching. Um, When I first started coaching, teachers would be like, oh my gosh, you're here again, you're following up again, you know, like all that kind of stuff. But since we built up that relationship, I think they look forward to me coming in. Um, And it's not just like one more thing that they have to do. It's, and that's what I try to focus on in our meetings, instead of like adding to their to-do list, what can we create right now? What can we do right now? So you don't have to wait until tomorrow to do that activity. Um, and just working with them on those different goals, because I don't want to be that one more person or that one more thing that they have to do. Lance, what about you? Yeah. So I was probably very similar when I started out, but, but now it's become more of, you know, oh, this is something, you know, cool that I can use. And people are always like, how'd you find out about that? I said, well, you know, that's part of my job is to research, look for things that's going to help you guys. I said, you know, we don't try to just bring you guys stuff. We're looking for stuff that's going to help you. I I said, I know about a a lot more junk, a lot more things that's out there, but sometimes we just don't bring it to you because we don't want it to be a waste of your time. So, you know, this, these are the small things that, that we're looking for that will help you with, you know, teaching either virtually online, uh, face-to-face, all those things. Yeah. And that's so funny that you kind of say that because I'll share something that is a time saver and teachers are like, Oh my, like, I wish I would have known that earlier. And I'm like, see, you need me. Like you need me in your life to give you all these like time saver, uh, tips and to help you with, you know, scheduling conferences and using appointment slots because it's so much easier than hand scheduling all your parents. Like you, you really need to become friends with, with your technology coach. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And you know, coaching is, is something that I, I've, I've, you know, done in sports and things like that. Uh, and it's really all the same, in my opinion. You know, one, it's forming those relationships. So with your players that I had in the past or with your teachers, it's forming those relationships. So they first know, you know, you've got the best interest at heart for them. You know, we're trying to do the best for them. And once they, they see that you care, they'll buy into, into what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. And I hope today's guest can also help us so it doesn't become, that wasn't so bad of a moment and giving us different tips on how we can coach and focus on relationships with teachers. Yep. So we got Miss Lisa Pope joining us today from the big state of Texas. She is a level one, level two certified teacher. She just got announced that she is a Google certified trainer and she is along with Stephanie, a Google certified coach. So welcome to the show today, Lisa. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. So as you're out working with teachers and, and coaching them up, what, what do you see is, is most important as you're working with them? Um, the most important thing truly is, um, as Stephanie mentioned, building that relationship. Um, whenever we announce our co- who is going to be on my coaching cycle, we call it draft day. And so we come in and, you know, I let them know, you know, well, you got drafted. And some of them, I mean, what I would coach or teacher I was coaching this last cycle, and he's like, I don't want to. But then um, once they get to know me and I spend those first couple of sessions 
really asking them questions, letting them know that I'm there to work on something that's individual for them um, and that I care about them as people and as teachers and I'm really the teacher support person. So I don't come in with an agenda of everybody that I'm coaching this cycle has to be working on this. So what do you need in your classroom? What do you need to work on? What's the thing that's really just, you know, bugging you right now? What can I help you fix? And once they realize that, um, and that like Stephanie mentioned, it's not something extra and we've built that relationship then. And I also bring snacks and that's always a good thing. (laughs) They, they enjoy the time together and realize it was more of a help than just one more thing to add to their to-do list. I like the fact that you said snacks there. I'm always in for that, but, but also you said draft day too, you know, and especially being, being a male, you know, I watch football drafts and, and all that. So you feel like if you're getting drafted and you're part of the team, you know, you're kind of at that pro athletic state then, you know, so I'd, I'd be excited to be drafted onto your team. Um, so you talked about how a coaching cycle is personalized. And it's so funny that you said that because this week, I was talking to one of my um, teachers and she was like, I hate these meetings. Everybody's at a different place. And they're just, you know, talking like, I don't know this material. And I was like, well, that's where a coaching cycle comes into play. It's personalized where we can meet you where you're at. I said, sometimes you do have to sit through those meetings where it's like an announcement type of activity. Um, But that's, I said, but where you get your growth is through that coaching cycle. And it's so true. Like when you can personalize learning, they're engaged. And when you can engage them, they don't realize that you are giving them professional learning. It's kind of like with our students, when you gamify or engage them in their learning, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was learning something. Um, So I think it's the same with our teachers. If you can engage them enough and meet them where their needs are, um, they're able to grow and perform at higher levels than we ever expected. Yeah. I had a teacher tell me last year, last year was our first time to even have a coach on the campus. And I had taught here for four years. I taught English one, but before that, most of my experience is elementary. So I'm kind of the oddball out here at the high school, but so it was our first year to have a coach. Um, here's this crazy elementary teacher coming in, but at the end he was like, you know, and he was a coach. If all PD was like this, it'd be great. You know, I got to work on something I wanted to work on and you really helped me a lot. (laughs) So um, it's nice when it can be personal. Because there's so many different levels that you've got. If you're doing a whole group PD, there's that low level where they're lost because you're going a little bit too fast or you um, expect them to have some prior knowledge that they might not have. The middle level maybe is keeping up with you, but then that higher level is bored out of their mind. Exactly. Um, So coaching to me is it works and it's so transformative if you're doing it right and you're building those relationships and doing those coaching cycles and co-teaching with teachers um, is when I've seen the most value. So I have another question. Um, Other people that I know that are with high school teachers, um, coaches, admin, whatever, are always like, those are the hardest teachers to engage. And I've never been at the high school level other than being a high school student. Uh, So what do you think about the high school range? (laughs) Um, well, it was different at first, um, just because, you know, I came in, I wanted to make my, my room cute and, you know, still dress up and brought food. And I taught ninth grade here. And so the high school students were really just like fourth graders, only a little bigger and had hormones. So, um, it worked, you know, they were successful. And so I kind of luckily was able to build some 
street cred, I guess, you know, with the, with the staff here. So it's definitely different in that teachers feel really tied to their content and they are really, you know, experts at their content. Um, and so when I coach them and we're working on a strategy, because I'm all about, I'm here to help you with, you know, pedagogy. I don't know chemistry. I taught English one, you know, and I taught second grade, first grade. I can teach you how to read and I can teach you how to multiply, but I can't teach you, you know, chemistry. You're talking, you might as well talk a foreign language. So I will be honest with them and say, okay, I don't know chemistry, but it looks like you're working on this and this is a great tool for that. So they're very passionate about their content and they know their content very well. So most of the time that's an asset. Um, and I can really go in and see their passion for it. Um, one of the harder things, I guess, is sometimes they are so passionate about their content that they get so caught up in regurgitating all the content that they're so excited about that they sometimes maybe forget that the students are the ones that we're trying to teach. But um, it's not as bad as what, <laughs> you know, it seems like, but they elementary teachers and high school teachers are different. Um, but there's, we still have a lot of fun here. Um, we still have dress up days. Um, they still like to be, you know, get stickers and rewards. We do a badging program here and they like to compete. So not a whole lot different, but there is a bit of a difference. So, and Lance, so you're K-12, right? Uh, yes, I work with so, K-12. So what's your experience? Well, well, first <laughs> off, first off, I'm a high school teacher. So High school math is what I taught. I've taught everything actually from sixth grade math to AP calculus. And I will say you're exactly right uh, that first off, you know, we're content specific. We're the content experts. Uh, and I've been told many times that, oh, that'll work in math, but it's not going to work in English. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily the case. This is a great tool. This is a great teaching strategy that you can use no matter what, whether you're elementary, kindergarten, you know, like, um, you know, group work and uh, station rotations and things like that. You start getting in high school, they're like, well, you can't do that here. I'm like, sure you can. You can do station rotations here. They, they just, they have to have a, a change in their, their mindset. Uh, I, I will say that um, elementary and middle probably is a little easier to work with, but I, but I feel like that is a lot of times because at the high school level, what I have seen, and this is just my environment, the high school teachers get more duties put on them. You know, yes. we've we, we've got football games that we've got to run gates for or clubs or concession stands or, you know, car duty. You know, you got car line at schools, but you have car duty because you got high schoolers that are driving. So I feel like that our, our schedule gets filled up a little bit more than elementary and middle. So, so Lisa, I heard you say yes there. So do you have that going on too? There, there are those duties. And then sometimes we miss meetings because I'm working with the coach and they're out for their, you know, tournament or get practice. And so those are definitely, and so I really work hard to not try to be that one more thing that's added on. Um, and we really try to reward them. Like after, right after draft day, we have a lunch. And so, you know, we come in, we feed them lunch. Um, throughout the year, we try to give them other special lunches if you participated. So try to you know, really kind of have that, make the, make them realize that they're appreciated for giving, you know, their time up for me. Cause our teachers also have two PLCs a week. So if you have two PLCs a week and one of those times you're working with your coach and then you might have an ARD or a 504 meeting, 
Um, plus you're pulled out because you coach something or you sponsor something or, you know, you're taking your kids to a competition. It can get, you know, a little bit hard because of the extra things. Um, although being at elementary, there's a lot more um, pressure for individual student growth. So it seems like there's different kinds of, I guess, pressure, but the high school teachers do have those pulls of the extra things which also make it the fun things. I mean, I love the pep rallies. I've really missed those this year. No, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point to bring up because that's what I noticed about um, my junior high teachers this year kind of too, because before I was just middle school, which was five, six. And we don't have clubs. Like it is a huge process if you try to do a club because it's all like rec activities. Um, so that a lot of them, you know, stay after school and work junior high, when it hits three o'clock, they're gone. And I'm like, where did everyone go? And that was like a really um, big transformation for me. I was like, where is everyone? Where did they go? And it, they are coaching. They're mm -hmm. out there coaching. They're working, you know, bus duty, they're doing whatever. Um, and it, it just looked different the way that they worked. And so it was just funny to like, look at them and compare them to like a middle school type of teacher that, that didn't have that responsibility. Yeah. You know, and, and let's also, let's face it, even if you don't have duties as a, as a high school teacher, in order to form the relationships with your students, you know, you've got to show interest in the things they're doing, whether it be, you know, chorus or band or a play or an athletic event, any of that. So we find ourselves many times, even in the afternoons, uh, going to those games and going to the plays and going to chorus concerts because you want to make that connection with, with your students. Uh, so you have to give that time too. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that high schools, you know, really working with them is that much different. It's just they have a lot on their plate. They do. And, and you know, when you come and you take time from them and they're already losing so much time, you know, it can be a little bit of a struggle, I feel like. Uh, I was just going to say, I think, too, like at the elementary level, there's probably more of that parent involvement. So, like, your priorities are kind of different at each grade level. Your responsibilities are different. And it's hard to compare apples to apples. And so there's some tech coaches that are K-12. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Like, I'm lucky that I'm not. And so just being able to juggle all of those different pieces, I think would be very difficult. Yeah, I think it would be hard to, we have, at, the coaches that we have in our district at the elementary level, or like we have math coaches and reading coaches. So we don't have coaches like what I do. Um, and I can't imagine trying to do K-12. Um, I think that would be hard. Um, I know elementary teachers have after school tutorials. It, it really is, I think, Stephanie, like you said, that it's just hard to compare. Um, and we have a lot of teachers. We're a Capturing Kids Hearts District, so we have a lot of elementary teachers that go to a lot of games. I would say the hardest thing for me about when I came to, to high school from teaching elementary was the number of students that you have. Like when you sit down to grade 187 essays, that's a lot, <laughs> you know? So it was hard for me to learn to manage my time <laughs> that way. Yeah, that's a very huge concern that a lot of the teachers do have at that level is the amount of kids that they have um, and just focusing on how to give good feedback. And that's where maybe that station rotation model or the blended learning where you can give kids immediate feedback while you're sitting with them can really help. Yes. We're going to 
we're going to go on to our next segment, um, which is our meme and quote. So Lisa, what meme or quote did you bring this week? Um, well, because we were talking about coaching um, and the individual relationship building part, um, I chose by Jaime Escalante, ask how they will learn best, not can they learn. And I have to do that with my teachers that I coach as well. Like, what do you need? Um, you know, what can I do to help you? So it fits not just with our students, but also with the teachers that I coach. Yeah, I like that a lot because um, some teachers can just take what I put in an email and run with it or give them a template and go with it. Other teachers need me to co-teach with them. Uh, some teachers need me to uh, send them a video. Like it's all different yeah. <laughs> and you've got to know your some teachers. Some have to come back two and three, four times, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't feel confident. So it's really thinking what does yeah. that individual teacher need from me? Yeah. Um, and so it works for them. Yeah. Um, so mine is coaching um, behind every fearless player is a fearless coach who refused to let them be anything, but they, the best they can be. Um, so I feel like that's what every single coach does is they do whatever they can to make their teachers be successful. Yeah, and Lance. Yep. So I got, nobody cares how much, you know, until how, uh, until they know how much you care. Uh, so, you know, again, it's fostering that environment, making relationships. Uh, and I also want to say, you know, before you teach someone, you have to engage them in the learning too. So generally engagement, you know, let them know how much you care, then engagement. And the, the third trick that I always use is show them how it can save them time because time's mm -hmm. the one thing we can't get back. And that usually will get teachers bought in. Yes. absolutely. Yeah, very true. Um, so then what has been something that you've learned this week that you can share with others, Lisa? Well, I learned this week um, that you can do a screencast through Canva for education. And I didn't know that. So I was doing something for a graduate school project and I wanted it to look a little bit different than things I'd turned in before. And I learned to do a presentation through there and make it animated and then screencast it straight through there. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, Canva has been such a huge tool, and I'm so glad it's free for educators. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if it wasn't. Yes. So my share this week is student planners. Um, so I've been working with our school counselor and just trying to get kids to uh, create to-do lists. <laughs> and so we just created like a Google to-do list and sheets and the kids drag and drop what they have to do to the done. And so it's been kind of a fun activity with her to use and help manage kids' time and organization. Lance? All right. So mine I've known about for a while, but I'm going to let a secret out to everybody. This is this is a website called Evanto or Evantu, something like that. Not really sure how to pronounce it. Um, they, they sell templates to like WordPress websites. They sell templates to like Photoshop's, After Effects, all that. Uh, I've never bought anything off of it. I've had it for three or four years now, but every month they give away a free template to everything. So like um, I've, I've got probably 40 or 50 After Effects templates from there. And for those of you who don't know what After Effects is, that's what you make all the cool intros and stuff to, to like your videos and stuff like that. Uh, and they're, they're really expensive, to be honest with you. But uh, like for our, our big events that we do with Google and all that, I will download a free copy of one of the After Effects, go in, edit the information out, put all of our information in, which is what you're supposed to do with it. And then it looks like you're this great video editor and you can do all this stuff. Uh, also, it has uh, Adobe, um, what do they call those? It's, it's like, um, 
uh, it's an application inside of Adobe Photoshop. You click a button and it'll take a picture and then like put it all in like line art for you. So all these like uh, pictures you see of people that's been drawn out and stuff, there's actually uh, animations and motions inside of Photoshop. You just click a button and it goes through and does your whole image for you. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So Ivanta, again, I don't buy anything from there, but I get the free downloads every month and I use those. So check it out. That's very cool. Never yeah, I have some kids that would love that. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. Lisa, how can people connect with you? Um, I can be reached on Twitter at RCHS underscore Pogue um, or through my email. Just go right. at RCISD.org. So make sure you connect with Lisa and ask any coaching questions that you might have um, in the future or follow up from this episode. And we look forward to connecting with you guys next week. Show notes can be found at getinspiredandinnovate.com.